if you are a family member or someone from high school who Googled my name, don't do it. Neither of us want this. This is the Justin Shapiro Show, I guess, for a remarkably special episode. When I was hired to do this show, I said right away, as a journalist, these are the kind of stories I want to be covering. It's not about reviewing uh, wrestling shows. It's not about booking. It's about the stuff that really matters. It's about serious things. It's about scary things, in fact. Um, today, we're going to have something of a human interest story, I guess, or an animal interest story, maybe. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome my guest at this time, James Kalen, the editor, the producer of the DeanMalenkoEatsDogs.com former website. If you go there now, I don't think anything happens. But he did it. It's his research, his findings, and I'm thrilled to have him. James, how are you? I'm doing great, Justin. Thanks for having me. James, like I said, this is a story, I think, two years ago when they first gave me the contract here and the studio, and all of the resources, the budget, I said, Dean Malenko Eats Dogs is a story that needs to be told. <laughs> and we're finally doing it. I think what put it over the top is there is now a Tumblr page called, it's the past tense, right? That's right. Dean Malenko ate dogs. The opportunity was there to bring back some of the Dean Malenko Eats Dogs footage, evidence. All of it, I hope. Yeah, it turns out there really isn't all that much. <laughs> So most of it's already there. So if you go to Dean Malenko, Eight Dogs, it's also that and animated gifts, uh, cat pictures. It's your your standard Tumblr fare, really. Retumbles. What's it called when you retumble somebody? I, I sharing. It? I had been calling it retweeting when I started, <laughs> and then realized I was making a grave faux pas. So I had to go in and edit all of my early posts to talk oh, about reblogging instead of retweeting. That's the term. That's the term. Well. Let's contextualize, let's see here. It would have been around 2000 or so. Yes, this is when this story, you blew the lid off Mm -hmm. of it. As a Sasquatchuanian, I don't even believe I'm pronouncing that correctly. I don't even know what the word is. (laughs) Nobody here does. As a Sasquatchuanian, (laughs) what's interesting is you were under the actual jurisdiction of President Jack Tunney. (laughs) Yeah, we had many good years with him as our leader. We were sort of in the Western territories, though, under the leadership of Stu Hart. Oh, yeah, that makes more sense. My Canadian geography is existent, if not perfect. (laughs) Um... And so, like, when they brought to the Western Canada, Yukon Territory, <laughs> Newfoundlands, etc., dial-up internet, did you discover wrestling information, and about when did this occur? That would have been the fall of 1994, which was when I first went to university, or college, as they say in America. And, yeah, we had actually reasonable internet at the university then. And pretty much the first thing I went looking for was wrestling stuff. Part of the problem then, too, was that I didn't have cable, so I didn't get raw. And what we had in Canada, instead of WWF superstars for the syndicated show, is we had Maple Leaf Wrestling, which was superstars except... They had to block out all the graphics that said WWF Superstars and had like 1987's <laughs> finest computer graphics over top with the wrestlers' names. And I remember every ad break would, it would say like, 
you know, stay tuned for more Maple Leaf Wrestling. And for whatever reason, the music that would play was the Red Roosters theme and our little uh, was it event centers that for the commercial breaks. It was always hosted by Billy Red Lions. Of course. Who would say, oh, let's take you to Kamala with the Doctor of Style Slick. And then they'd show Mr. Fuji with the Warlord. Hmm. There was some, some miscommunication in the, in the land of Maple Leaf Wrestling. Canadian translation, yes. I, that, there must you need some kind of like corresponding thing to see that WWF superstars north of the border referred to as polite competitors <laughs> along those lines. I remember actually in the early days of being on the internet, somebody talking about the Mountie and his theme music. You know, I'm the Mountie, I'm handsome, I'm and I had no idea this had ever existed because the Mountie was <laughs> banned in Canada. Absolutely. So all what, we had was, was Jacques his, Rougeau. Was he just called Jacques Rougeau? Yeah. He was just Jacques Rougeau, and he wore the Mountie gear, but it was like blue. I think, and it was never, you could tell that it was never filmed in the same arena as the rest of the show. Oh, the blue Mountie gear finally <laughs> makes sense. As someone who's been on a bunch of pointless mid-90s retrospective shows, I, uh, podcasting-wise, somehow that clue never came up. I had no idea I was solving a great mystery for you here, so I think we've done some good work already today. The blue Mountie palette swap. <laughs> That was not superimposed like the Ric Flair um, the, the, pixelation of the belt. <laughs> he just there, Jacques, go change. We got to film one for uh, for the Saskatchewanians. Yeah. <laughs> um. So was this rec period sports period pro hyphen wrestling? Yeah. Question mark. <laughs> yes, it was around that time. That was. Uh, with, with Herb Kunz and such. <laughs> and he never did email images. Bullshit. <laughs> yeah, I remember the day that I actually discovered that you could type things into... wasn't wouldn't have been Mozilla then. What was it? Netscape. We had Netscape. Mm-hmm. And I never used it because I was scared I would break it. Because <laughs> I had a book. I had The Internet for Dummies circa 1994 so that I could be a cool guy in the computer lab. Selling yourself short as a dummy. <laughs> I needed to know what I was doing, right? Mm-hmm. And this book came out before Netscape, and I saw some guy next to me was looking up something about Kiss, the band, and it had pictures of these guys <laughs> in face paint. And I went, holy shit, you can use this thing too? So that was very exciting. Then I looked for wrestling stuff and promptly found only things that people were already posting to Rexport Pro Wrestling. But it opened the door. It opened the door. An important door mm-hmm. was was breached Late 1994, I would say, swing into early 1995 then. That was the same time for me. I guess this is not that much of a coincidence since that's when the internet became prominent in North America and or the world. Uh, but we got America Online in our house and when the family patriarch was like, the Shapiros are going to cyberspace. <laughs> uh, it took me a long time to realize you could get past America Online into a wider world or web uh, and I think what prompted me there it was two things. One was the quest for knowledge mm-hmm. of wrestling. Like, where did the Ultimate Warrior go was a primary source of consternation. And a sub-concern was where did Marty Jannetty go because <laughs> he was constantly leaving. Uh, you could tell when Marty Jannetty was about to leave because he wouldn't bother wearing the tassels anymore. <laughs> and then Marty Jannetty would come back and it would just be like tassels all over the place. And he'd have about a month of being really into it, and then one by one, the tassels would start disappearing, and then you knew it was time for him to go again. Marty's beating up shot, Marty's losing to Ludwig (laughs) Borga. (laughs) And repeat. 
This is yeah. So that I, that got me out there. I was like, "What happened? Are they okay? <laughs> How did these WWF guys switch to uh, the other one and vice versa?" And then um, that, and then this is when uh, the X Men comic book did some gimmick crossover called <laughs> "The Age of Apocalypse," okay. where um, reality shifted now. Uh, demonstrated in a popular motion picture of not exactly the same story, but the similar mm. one. And so all of the X-Men comic books were replaced by alternate reality X-Men books that all started with issue one. And so I was also like, are the X-Men okay? What happened? <laughs> Where did not their tassels go? <laughs> oh, but anyway, did not know it was a four-month gimmick, and I thought all of the X-Men had died forever, and I was kind of traumatized. <laughs> so that thirst for knowledge happened. And then you get to the WWF AOL site, and as you said, very uh, slow loading, but pictures, pictures of anything you can imagine. And I, like, Sunny was compelling at the time <laughs> to see her uh, shoulders and then... Uh, boobed area and then mid riff but anything that was a picture i'd be like i have it here i have the resources somewhere in this vast pile of garbage in the computer room i have a floppy disk that has an animated gif of the asian nitro girl falling out of her top (laughs) chai kai k i have no idea that was not really what i was interested in at the time (laughs) so dude she has a name we just don't know what it was or how to pronounce Asian vowel sounds. She has a boob, though, which was more prevalent to this animated GIF issue. And I really I have no way of viewing that anymore. And that makes me a little bit sad inside. I didn't realize we had GIF technology in the Nitro Girl era. Mm. It took like 45 minutes to download, too, but it was <laughs> worth it. Yeah, it's like a, a flip book, but a picture. Mm. Imagine how many gigabytes had to go into that in 1998 that girl i hope her name is kai and i hope there wasn't more than one uh asiatic nitro girl because this would be really bad because i know they brought like nitro girls the next generation with stacy keebler and booker t's uh eventual wife and people like that but if i remember right when kevin nash in like 1999 do whatever you want wcw Mm. what sometimes he would do commentary and then he uh said he had to he was gonna go home and eat a little korean (laughs) and this was a reference to nitro girl kai or chai or shay shay i think that was it yes shay when in doubt anglicize someone's name (laughs) i apologize to shay i hope is her name not just for the pronunciation, but for telling that story. Uh, yeah, the uh, the internet in general, of course, the passage of time makes things different. Mm. But it, see, I believe in interconnectivity, in Web 2.0, in empowering the internet user in a high-speed, broadband, <laughs> wireless. Um, but it's... Uh, Not just the way that has changed with very slow-loading pictures of the Godwins and things like that, but the wrestling information is so different between now. Like, some things haven't changed, but in, like, the Observer and the Torch and every website, or every entity did not have websites because... (laughs) 
they weren't ubiquitous and you didn't have to have them. So I guess a, that's where a, a news, what do you call it? A news reader yeah. like RSPW comes in handy. Yeah, some sort of Usenet kind of thing. That's the word I wanted. Usenet Tuesday. Wasn't that uh, Brian Alvarez's name for Taboo Tuesday? There you go. Yep. It no Clutch reference. <laughs> he was on that thing, I think, posting like figure four ants. He might have been. Who, who would really know? And find him in, I think Google owns all of the archives of that stuff, so. Well, now I want to check that. Figure them out. Mm-hmm. No, the the biggest thing I got out of Usenet was around the time that uh, Johnny B. Bad started posting on there. Mm. And uh, I, I remember sending him a message, and he sent me a message back, and it was the greatest day of my life to have gotten an email from Johnny B. Bad. The Johnny B. Bad. Yeah, and then he was on... Uh, WCW Worldwide shortly thereafter throwing frisbees to the crowd and he turned one over and it said RSPW. It was amazing. What a shout out. And then he quickly left RSPW because he found out that the internet is a cesspool. But there was a couple <laughs> hopeful months there for him. Uh, and now everyone Twitters their tweets and probably get the weirdest interactions <laughs> all the time. You see them if someone with Triple H uh, posts like very excited about NXT and then all the replies. They run the gamut of weird, weird stuff to just basic questions like, are you excited about NXT? <laughs> yes. Yes, I am. I Or, uh, dear Ezekiel Jackson, what is chicken fried steak? <laughs> which, That's, which may be a true thing I may have seen one time. People still don't know. It's People still wonder. It's the easiest way to find out. You know, rather than to Google chicken fried steak is to ask Ezekiel Jackson. It's not like he's got mm-hmm. anything going on these days, right? He's got some, I wonder if he'll, he'll answer that now that he's got time. But so you had the same concept when I started getting the news, which was that people would read the Observer or listen to what were then called hot lines <laughs> and just write down all of their the very valuable information. And I guess that still happens now. It's just if you don't want to do that or don't want it to go through like um, a cut-and-paste board game of telephone, <laughs> you can actually subscribe to that stuff and read them in e-copies. But it was around then... We'll jump ahead in time to, I want to say around 1999 is probably when you and me had our fateful meeting on basically just a message board for people who watch wrestling to talk about wrestling in a sophisticated and serious manner. Yeah, to tell the story of DeanMalencoEatsDogs.com, we really have to mention the new World Wide Web order. Of course. With the end. Let's not name by name... (laughs) (laughs) because I don't know what the grounds of cyberbullying are, but there's a very unique person at the helm of that with a very unique story. Mm -hmm. And I wish them the best. As do I. The uh, (laughs) pertinent point is that you wrote for that website. Yes, I did. And NWWWO, which if you don't realize this, was a parody of the (laughs) NWO, except muckraking journalists who uncovered facts about how WCW sucked and WWF was cool and better. This Uh, was all pre-9-11, of course. (laughs) 9-11 definitely... It changed changed the game as far as internet wrestling commentary was concerned. Absolutely, it did. So I was writing for that, and it had a message board, and that is where... 
we met along with a whole bunch of other folks like the Cubs fan and uh, Matt Forestine. Mm-hmm. That's where he and I met at the same time. Tom that's, yeah, Feely. Of course. Great podcast guest. Mm-hmm. And um, Scott Christ. Scott Christ was there. I don't know if you're familiar with the, the tape machines are rolling Tumblr page. Mm-hmm. Our, our good pal, Scott Christ. Other people, many of whom I don't think even watch wrestling anymore, but uh, that's if you have listened to podcasts with me and I'm talking to someone who is not from the Alan 4L figure four world <laughs> of modern day podcast uh, major gets, there's a good definite chance that they came from uh, the people I became friends with in 1999. Christopher Robin Zimmerman with the, was a very famous sorry to use past tense in describing his fame. Uh, I believe, wrestling recapper. Was Joe Gagne around at that time too? Yes he or was. Or Joe Gagne as I thought he was for many many years. I think he was Joe underscore G yes. to show you the limits of the technology <laughs> at the time. So that's uh, that was the, the synthesis of his and I are, his and I, his and my relationship began right there on those streets. I have to say it was Mike Levere, who's not a name I think that anyone listening to this would know, with the exception of all of the people from 1999 who still do listen to these, because he was the one that was really the inspiration for Dean Malenko Eats Dogs. He was one of the guys that came out of the the NWW. It's so awkward to even say it, and weird to say it out loud, too, but also awkward. Who came out of the message board days. Uh, if I could think of a defining quality, it might not have been the best thing we did, but it was the most indicative thing that we did at the time, was some other people on the message board who seem very nice had an e-fed, <laughs> and a lot of us... and. An electronic hyphen fed. I forget that that term is not like in the public consciousness <laughs> today, where people would, and I'm sure this exists in all kinds of different forms of media, fanfics. Mm-hmm. Of course, the famous news radio fanfic told from the uh, perspective of Phil Hartman's ghost <laughs> after his murder <laughs> at the hands of his wife, Bryn. But uh, <laughs> along those lines, there you be wrestlers, I think, and then you write your promos, and then some kind of dungeon master <laughs> puts them into programs and things like that. So some very nice people had a very serious E-fed, E-fed that they were enjoying, and a lot of us were collectively like, hey, Let's ruin that. <laughs> and we... I think we made it better in the process of ruining it. There was... It was kind of like the AFL merging with the NFL, which in Canada, you don't know what any of those letters stand for with your half fields it's and like... your Rough Riders and your other Rough Riders. They could be worse. They they have new Rough Riders now and they're the Red Blacks and I don't even know what that is. Is it the... <laughs> N R R R B? What? New Rough Riders <laughs> Red Black? <laughs> it's not, Ottawa got a new team and they wanted to be the Rough Riders again, and the league said no, so they could have two teams of the Rough Riders, and they called them the Red Blacks, but I have no idea what a Red Black actually is. It's probably offensive to Native Americans <laughs> and African Americans. That'll be the new name of the Washington Redskins. <laughs> He'll say, come at me. I'm talking about a checkerboard. <laughs> Prove it. Uh, 
the new Rough Rider Red Blacks. Wow. There was also a thing on the new World Wide Web Order uh, website that I had written that never got posted. It was around the time that the site was uh, was sort of wrapping up. You may remember the story that Vince McMahon tried to buy the CFL. Mm-hmm. And it was the top 10 names for a Vince McMahon-owned CFL for the top, top 10 team names. <laughs> and it did not meet their editorial standards? It did not. I had such jokes as the Montreal screw jobs and things of that nature. It was it was some of my best work, which is to say it wasn't really very good. And in hindsight, as soon as I actually say this out loud, it's like, yeah, I can see why that didn't run. <laughs> what was your NWWWWO alias? Oh, Jesus. Do we have to? Okay. It was... <laughs> we all had hilarious names. Super hilarious. Super hilarious. So... Michael Jenkinson was Canada, but with a Y, because it was a takeoff on China, who also... As well as possibly six. (laughs) But probably not, because it's not a nation state. Yes. And so Shawn Michaels was the showstopper, and I was the show starter. The hilarious Mm. joke being that I was the guy that, you know, the curtain jerker, (laughs) the guy who would open up the show and I tried to come up with something better later on. And I got a stern talking to about how many files would need to be renamed if I ever changed my nickname. So I just let it go at that point. The Redskins have the same problem though. Cause think of redskins.com <laughs> slash roster dot HTM and how all of that stuff has to get changed. I have to buy a whole new URL and everything. It's a quagmire. I have to find one that's not already taken. That makes it very difficult. <laughs> But and you guys were out there turning the sharp scimitar of satire on WCW, <laughs> espousing the fact that it sucked and WWF was cool. I think your comedic sensibilities got better in our EFED work. <laughs> um, in our EFED, I believe I played a giant fat man, so not stretching the truth all that far. The brilliance of it, though, is that everyone in an EFED ha- plays very... Like uh, Age of the Fall, mm. Dean Ambrosey characters. Like Ambrose may be the greatest Efed wrestler <laughs> brought to life in some kind of um, not her, but you know the film her, mm. but weird science esque <laughs> situation. But everyone has long bangs, because very broody, mm. serious promos. They don't even cut like fired up wrestling promos, but they're more like ruminations and explorations of what it means to. You got to remember, ECW had been a big influence yes. at that time, so it was like an entire league of ravens. Yes, exactly. Thank you for a much better well, example. So anyway, to uh, ruin it for those nice people who are enjoying themselves, writing and just conversing among friends you went in as a big fat guy wrestler who i also had a mexican mini doppelganger who was a regular sized person that's right yeah because a mini of your fat super heavyweight was just regular size yeah, exactly and then uh to ruin it i formed half of a comedy tag team that began as the pun name N-W-W-W-O-esque Jew and Christian <laughs> was myself being one of those halves and the other person being um, uh, uh, a, uh, I forget my racist Jewish term for non-Jews. <laughs> um, 
a uh, goyim, and then I was going to go with honky. So <laughs> that um, evolved into the team of Jew Cool, and to counter all of the Raven people, we played a two cool team who danced all the time, and instead of having a really complicated cool finisher like a high angle superplex inverted DDT. We did the combination of the people's elbow and the worm, the people's worm, and we ruined it for everybody. And I'm sorry, but we it was enjoyable. To be fair, I did try to make amends when my E-fed character went all raven and killed himself, hmm? but then he came back about so two weeks raven. later. <laughs> that was another one of the aspects as our influence. We were like kind of Brian Gewurzian <laughs> because. We slowly pervaded the way those shows were put together, and it got away from a product that, quite frankly, Jim Ross in a podcast preamble would probably enjoy. <laughs> and then we made it into something that he and Jim Cornette would very much bemoan. I think I was more uh, Christopher DeJoseph than Brian <laughs> Gewertz, just by being fat guy in small tights. But you did... You were one of the early wrestling deaths, and I think we did have a tribute show <laughs> to you. And then on our final show, we had a graphic for you, which was your like the your birthday to your death, and then a new year from when you came back with a hyphen that did not finish. I did have uh, one or two people send me messages on the old AOL chat machine, just wanting to make sure that I hadn't actually killed myself, <laughs> that it was only the 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 internet text wrestling e-fed version of me that that had offed himself. That's very important, but no, it was just an innocuous um, making fun of real wrestlers. I, I thought the fact that I, my online status never changed, that I was still online, would, would have been a clue enough that it didn't go idle after 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you still had a presence. Yes, exactly. Could have been invisible, though. Sometimes, James, I feel like we're all invisible on the internet, and that leads to a lack of accountability. But that's just one of my deep thoughts. So, I would say the the reason for the season that brought us all here occurred in late 2000, when, um, <laughs> I don't know how much do I want to mysteriously lead to this. <laughs> so, you... <laughs> James, tell me how DeanMalenkoEatsDogs.com came to be. Well, we were in the AOL chat room, and one day during somebody's internet search, I have no idea who it was, they found that Jerry Lawler's then, now she'd be wife or girlfriend, Miss Kitty, had brought her dog to a WWF show and taken pictures of this dog being held by literally every single wrestler on the show. And... Like, 95% of the pictures are generic wrestler holding dog. And there were two pictures... Here to four <laughs> abbreviated GWHD. Please continue. <laughs> but, however, there were two pictures where the wrestler decided to make a face like they were eating the dog. And one was, of course, Dean Malenko. And the other was Triple H. So it could very easily have been Triple H Eats Dogs. Dot com, although that kind of came across like triple heats, <laughs> which is maybe what happens when you leave the dog in the car and don't crack a window. So I didn't want to go for any confusion. So it was Dean Malenko it was. Triple heats dogs. 
And I I don't know how where the idea really came from, other than just this great controversy surrounding Dean Malenko and the dog eater and how all of the wrestling world has covered it up. Like, it's not verifiable information. Mm. I know we're subject to, like, slander laws, even on podcasts. So, like, we say everything with the caveat that this can't be proven. But if true, if true. this is a serious story. And uh, it's I, it's something people need to know about, if true. If it's, true. It at least merits further investigation. Because the, the story is kind of... The the sands of time have sort of covered it up over these low these fourteen years, and part of the reason we're here is to hopefully, as with uh, Irv Mushnick's Jimmy <laughs> Snuka article, maybe get some eyeballs back on something that that merits uh, some people paying attention to. It. Reopen a cold case here and see what exactly. can get done. Because Malenko. T- has almost lived like one of those, like uh, the people involved in the the financial crash of 2008 who weren't punished. And even though it's not so much OJ Simpson, because everyone thinks he's guilty. Mm. OJ can't hide in plain sight the way these Enron guys in Malenko have. Really, the whole idea behind the site was I just loved this big controversy and just build it up and build it up and build it up, only to reveal that the entirety of the evidence <laughs> consists of one picture where it's a guy very obviously screwing around. Although I did have on the surface on the surface, it could be more, you never know. And however, I did have multiple people email me to complain that not only was the picture an obvious Photoshop, <laughs> but also a very poorly done one at that. And I would get these long screeds of how terrible I am at the internet and computers and life in general. Which always struck me as very odd because I I did not ever doctor the picture in any way. Did Photoshop as a program exist in 2000 or would it have just been MS Paint? It was, it did exist. It was, would have been, well, I, I don't know, you probably could have done a lot with it. I personally could never do much of anything with it. I could mm. crop and I could draw things in paint-like fashion, just right. using a much more expensive software, and that was really about the extent of what I could do. I could make perfect diagonal lines. Ooh, you're better than me, then. Concentric circles. <laughs> yeah, I was posting on the... That's clearly Dean with a sandwich, James. You're not fooling anybody. <laughs> One of those large uh, Heathcliff-esque sandwiches. Heathcliff the cat. That or he a would... Dagwood Bumstead or something. <laughs> or, very tall sandwich <laughs> that can get folded into a single biteable sandwich <laughs> uh, consumed in one gulp, leaving only one single fish skeleton <laughs> to be pulled out of the mouth. But through subterfuge <laughs> slash investigatory reporting, you posited that um, the ironically named The Cat mm. had posted this picture on uh, the the internet and it was really interesting too to find because i thought all along i would have this story with one piece of evidence and all of a sudden other evidence <laughs> started flooding in from people the evidence began mounting it be, like things were unearthed mm-hmm. facts that people hadn't even paid attention to when placed in this new context were deeply revealing 
Yeah, some that was it was more or less the first like fan sourced investigation, like when Reddit thought they solved the um Boston Marathon bombing by looking at pictures and circling with red concentric circles that I mastered around then. <laughs> Any suspicious looking people with backpacks on. You've done it. Mm. But yeah, yeah, like people started coming out of the woodwork to uh, chime in with the, their own findings and their own suspicions. Well, you know, somebody brought up, for example, that Eddie Guerrero had once given China a present of this this little puppy dog. And they said, you know, that Eddie and Dean are friends. Well, have you ever seen that dog again? And I hadn't. So what does that tell you? There's only one conclusion worth drawing. Mm-hmm. Like, again, we're not saying anything is concrete, but it sort of makes you raise your eyebrow and scratch your head mm-hmm. and have a cartoon uh, thought bubble with it, <laughs> just a question mark in it, <laughs> dot, dot, dot above you. Um, uh, yeah, I meant to say, if anyone wants to follow along with the investigation as we recount it in its uh, inaugural days, I went to web.archive.org and put in deanmalenkoeatsdogs.com and the evidence is still there even if it's not as easily attainable also now yeah it's all up on your tumblr so it is posted globally but dean dmed.c i think it puts the best case together in the the most user-friendly fashion we had people sending in pictures we had people sending in stories and just little observations um, I don't. I never knew if I should say anything about this or not, but probably like once a week, somebody would an exclusive. Somebody would send in something saying, "Why well, no Dean Malenko eats dogs?" Because I saw him at a Chinese restaurant, nope. and I would see that and go, ah, "I can't post this. I don't want to post this." But until I post something like this, I'm going to keep <laughs> getting one of these every week. And so I, I just I took the high road and just had to delete some extra emails. That's what I was willing to do for you, the viewers, the internet. God bless you, because that's a credibility killer. Mm-hmm. Like you and some of the the DMED investigatory team were coming up with I won't say hard evidence, but it wasn't soft. So to turn it into some kind of joke based on racial stereotyping, granted in the area or uh, the era when Kaintai spoke. In- <laughs> Japanese English dubs. It was a different time. It was a simpler time. This is real, legitimate, like, conclusions had to be drawn, Mm -hmm. and you had to use critical thinking. But it, I mean, when you uh, assemble it all together, it's compiled, it starts to add up. Like, I see Lita here, who is well-known for, like, I think, her passion for the ASPCA and things, the picture of the same dog, Mm -hmm. I forget. What abbreviation I coined minutes ago <laughs> we'd be using. Uh, Generic wrestler holding dog. GWHD. And so I remember this well because it was a little something called the wrestling boom that uh, Dean Malenko and his radicals mates were feuding with Lita and the Hardy Boys at the same time. Well, I assume that uh, that feud all came about because of the dog. You know, I mean... No question. Lita... As you said, noted animal lover. Didn't she start a no-kill shelter or something? Yeah. I mean, that's completely antithetical to what Dean Malenko is all about, if indeed he's about any of these things. That's also awesome, because now I'm thinking, okay, so Jeff and Matt feud then in 2009. <laughs> <laughs> when when Matt burnt down Jeff's trailer. Call, <laughs> Matt Hardy blew up Jeff Hardy's dog. <laughs> 
So, hmm, this is Matt Hardy after his relationship with Lita ended in a pretty bitter fashion. Mm-hmm. So, so, hmm. so he uh, he changed his allegiances. He Dean just kind of took him aside. and was like, "See, I was I told you about her." And Matt <laughs> says, "Okay." That's so. I think the important thing about this show is your the the spotlight you had affixed to it, the magnifying glass, if you will. <laughs> when did you? It was probably couldn't have been more uh, less than a year later. How long did dmed.com it run? Really, only lasted about a year and a half or so. At that point, I thought I'd I'd accomplished everything with it that I was going to. I realized that the odds were stacked against me, and <laughs> the authority such as it was at the time, was not going to act on Dean Malenko eating dogs, and I decided to move on to other endeavors. It's hard to fight City Hall. It really is. I had people telling me stories of bringing Dean Malenko eats dogs signs to wrestling and getting the signs <laughs> taken away. You gotta wonder why. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it uh, it really all adds up when you look at it like that. Jeez, so many good assertions here. Like, okay... I'm going to read this one in total because this, like, any questions after this? Okay, so this is Carson Jones who sent in this uh, bulletin. Uh, I have disturbing information that further proves the allegations that Dean Malenko eats dogs. I don't know if this has been mentioned, but Dean was teased as a child and called Dino, like the family pet on the Flintstones. Since there are no living dog dinosaurs, he must have decided to take out his frustration on their close... I'm sorry to laugh, but (laughs) you kind of don't have any choice but to laugh when you're faced with the macabre like this, but... uh, must have decided to take out his frustration on their closest living relatives. Continue to try to get Dino some help. We are all behind you. And I thank Carson. I hope he's prospering to this day, mm-hmm. unless they got to him. But one further is, so his his nickname was Dino Machina. Mm-hmm. But I wonder, was that some kind of contraption akin to 1001, 101 in its upgraded <laughs> form? 1001 Dalmatians used as a, an extermination device for dogs? I think maybe it was some sort of inside comment. Like when, um, if, if you watch older WWF programming from the early to mid-80s talking about the Terry Garvin wrestling school and mm. learning go-behinds. I think exactly. I think maybe the Dino nickname was a hint that they were throwing out to us back then that just sort of went over our heads. A very knowing nod to some very serious things. Mm. Which, points, kind of... which points to the entire wrestling industry being in on the cover-up. Exactly. If they're making jokes about it, then they know, like... obviously. <laughs> Unfortunately, but, you know... Mm. You sort of track your pants through mud when you take that on as a passion. <laughs> Even if you can get very slow-loading pictures of Sonny and the Godwins. It's, uh, there's a trade-off for sure. Um, no, the evidence, you keep connecting the dots, and it paints a grimmer and grimmer picture. To I don't think that's mixing metaphors, because pointillism has <laughs> d- dots. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's uh, it, a lot of things. The fact we mentioned this, the fact that the cat had posted these pictures. Now I don't know if that name makes her antithetical to dogs, or if it makes her like. Do you consider the cat sort of the sister of the dog in the animal <laughs> and domesticated pets, or are they natural rivals? As in the movie, 
cats versus dogs or something like that. The Secret of Kitty Galore, wasn't that? Yeah. <laughs> Why the hell do I know that? Why the hell am I Googling that as we speak? <laughs> well, we, we're, inter- we're interested in accuracy here, right? You need to make sure that, that we're correct <laughs> on this. I think the cat posted the pictures knowing full well that it would expose Dean Malenko as a dog eater, that someone named the cat obviously are mm-hmm. rivals with the dog, but there's still a solidarity there. Right. They're rivals, but respected rivals. Exactly. And then, oh, oh so what happens to the cat not five months after this picture goes public? She's out of the WWF, mm-hmm. and her husband goes with her. Hmm. Hmm. They brought Jerry back. I don't think Stacy Carter ever returned to wrestling prominence. Um, well, there was that one picture that floated around the internet, but this is neither the time nor place to discuss sure. such things. She found a bone. <laughs> elbow, elbow, elbow. <laughs> That's uh, you know, the old parable of the dog with a bone in its mouth, and it sees his reflection and says, oh... Wouldn't it be great to have that other dog's bone? <laughs> Opens his mouth. Bone drops into the lake or other body of water, <laughs> sinking to the bottom, indeed never to be found. And uh, a good lesson about uh, coveting thy neighbor's goods. Thy neighbor's bone. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. So Malenko retires to become an agent, which to me is almost like those um, the Catholic Church scandals where the priests uh, are... You know, no, no one gets in trouble. They just get transferred mm-hmm. or they get punished in promotion. Yeah, he, he basically became the wolf guarding the hen house, <laughs> except a dog house. But otherwise, exactly like a wolf guarding a hen house. This is some Zodiac killer shit, James. Well, I mean, you, you think, of like, who is who else was Malenko friends with? Would it be Chris Jericho, right? Absolutely. Very close. And Jericho got the Undisputed Championship, and promptly late 2001 yeah. six months after dean took himself out of the ring mm-hmm. and all of a sudden I, I mean i don't know why you're bringing this up i remember he won the belt yeah. he had some wait a minute hang on <laughs> all of a sudden there was a dog that we'd never seen before and soon would never see again yeah you're talking about lucy i'm talking about lucy the dog and so jericho who's tight with uh a producer as they're called now an agent mm-hmm. then oh I've got a great pitch for the writers' meeting. I'm just an agent, but you know, mm-hmm. I'm just spitballing here. What if the dog got ran over by a car? And don't worry, I'll dispose of it. Ugh, this is disturbing. Tori Wilson had a dog. Mm-hmm. I don't see that dog on Broad <laughs> anymore. It's only Chloe. only one possible. That's impressive. Is only one possible outcome. Or uh, Renee Dupree had a dog. And not only did Rene Dupree have a dog, but it was obviously a different dog from week to week. Because sometimes it was a white poodle and sometimes it was a black poodle. No question. And they just never addressed it. So I can only assume that that was a weekly meal for Dean Malenko. Pure arrogance. Okay, and so there's the famous story about Rene Dupree and Bob Holly. Bob Holly, kind of one of the enforcers for The Office, perhaps. Maybe he's trying to uh, keep somebody quiet. Mm. You know, Dean Dean might not eat dogs, but Renee ate some potatoes. <laughs> I'm 
running through the Rolodex in my mind of more potential evidence over this. Because it's like, it, it must have been the same thing you went through when you were running this website. Mm-hmm. is like just an avalanche, a real, a real snowball effect. You can kind of see in later years where it started to fall off. And I kind of wonder if that didn't have something to do with that letter that WWE sent out that said that, all current and former talent was <laughs> eligible for rehab. We could cross-reference that with uh, notable dog disappearances and see if there is a decrease after that. It could be that maybe uh, Mr. Malenko either got himself some help or somebody made him do that. Some kind of reprogramming. Mm-hmm. Malenko, things he's been famous for in the since time, like Dean doesn't come up as much as an Arn Anderson does, who I know is John Cena's personal agent mm. or producer. Dean, one thing that uh, he got the full attention for was a famously bad and long Michael Cole versus Jerry Lawler WrestleMania match that no one could understand why you would send them out there for more than two minutes. They went more than ten, I think. And so, like, why does Dean Malenko need free reign backstage? Well, everyone turns to look at this Cole Lawler disaster, a car wreck you can't look away from. I don't know, and like, celebrity dogs, a lot of celebrities come <laughs> well, to WrestleMania. Well, you know, WrestleMania, like it's the big event of the year. Everyone brings their family. A dog's mm-hmm. a member of the family. It's, it's probably... Probably WrestleMania is just like dogs backstage everywhere you turn. James, holy shit. Holy shit? That WrestleMania 27. Mm-hmm. Am I wrong? Or was that in... Oh my god, it is. N.wikipedia.org confirms. Atlanta, Georgia. Home of WCW. Home of WCW? Home of uh, another branch of the Turner Umbrella. I don't think that's true. <laughs> uh, that's the Braves. Um, No. The Atlanta Falcons. Michael. Oh my goodness. Motherfucking Vic. He'll fight him, toughen him up, tenderize the meat. And Dean will eat him. Jesus Christ. Because there's always celebrities at WrestleMania, you know. You mm-hmm. wouldn't. Michael I don't Vic know if they would there. get in the Vic business at this point. Mm-hmm. Like, they more stick to clean cut quarterbacks like Ben Roethlisberger, <laughs> who hosted Raw. Well, they wouldn't um, have to put him on television, though. He'd exactly. just be there. I, I don't exactly. recall seeing him there, which is pretty much proof, right? I'm, like, shaking. <laughs> like, I want to finish the show because it's my job. I'm kind of scared as to what the repercussions are going to be afterwards. But the more that this comes out, it's like, people need to pay attention to this. People need a light shined on it. Well, we, I will get you through this. I've been overseeing this for years and years, and I'm kind of... Kind of inured to it now. I thank you for your bravery for coming back out into the public spotlight. This, I think this is actually the first time I've really discussed Dean Malenko eats dogs publicly under my under my own name. I and we've blurred your voice. Oh, thanks. So, so what you're hearing right now is obviously mm-hmm. not my real voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, like I this evidence. I know you and I said we we're going to delve back into it. I didn't think we'd find anything. And then yet, the more, like, you don't even have to rack your brain. Mm -hmm. And I think here's the smoking gun, as it were. And this is not the kind of situation I would be making light of if it wasn't 
I think, so pertinent to the case. Like, it's a serious thing that happened, Mm. and yet there are more dimensions to it. I'm going over the timeline. Your website went dark in uh, the end of 2001 with Dean's retirement, 2001 to 2014. And I just got to 2007 in a summary timeline of uh, wrestling events. So, Dean Malenko... I guess, as everybody knows, pretty close friend with the aforementioned Jericho and Eddie Guerrero. Chris Benoit, part of that crew as well. Mm -hmm. Chris Benoit, tragic incident in 2007. I'm not going to whitewash it, but I don't want to belabor it. Chris Benoit, murder-suicide. So one of the primary pieces of evidence, Chris Benoit sends two text messages. To W and an S. Notably not a D. Mm -hmm. William Regal and Steve Armstrong. He was trying to protect the dog. No, I'm sorry. A C and an S. Chavo Guerrero and Steve Armstrong. Mm. And the C was not for Chris. No. uh, Is he texting himself? (laughs) He didn't text himself. (laughs) (laughs) Reminder. (laughs) (laughs) Pick up milk. (laughs) <laughs> and rope get shot <laughs> not get shot but receive injection um, hang self from weight machine yeah yeah check <laughs> but no it's uh you D- chris benoit and dean malenko such close friends texts go out to chavo guerrero and steve armstrong um notably not dean malenko exactly and then what they read I'll never forget the unforgettable aphorism the dogs are in the enclosed pool area, James. The dogs are in the enclosed pool area. So, like, people come over. You guys get this. You come over. The dogs aren't here in plain sight where everyone would come in. Like, I don't know, Chavo, Steve, Dean, mm. other people if you all showed up. The dogs <laughs> are in the enclosed pool area not just a pool area (laughs) but an enclosed pool area legally for the cubsfan.com like i don't care about myself it's important but just for the site i can't finish this hypothesis Mm -hmm. but it's there he wanted to make sure that everyone knew where the dogs were Hmm. that they were taken care of one way or another this took a really dark turn. Kind of makes you think, kind of makes you sick. Mm-hmm. It's a difficult story to begin with. Uh, it's been a difficult story for you this whole time, and you've we're getting just a sense of that adversity, but you, in the midst of the height of the controversy, there were people out to shut you down. I don't want to cyberbully anyone by naming their actual real name on the internet. So we're going to refer to a person named Russell Tharp. And this is not his real name because when we are saying, when you and I say Russell Tharp, we're spelling it T H A R P E with an E at the Silent end. Silent E, yes. So that Russell Tharp with an E. James, can you tell me a little bit about Russell Tharp with an E? Well, one day, I logged into my website to do my reporting, 
Late 2000. Late 2000. And discovered that my email address had been shut down. It's a hotmail address that I'd set up to try to protect my privacy to some degree. And I thought, okay, Hotmail, Microsoft, big company, nobody's going to take the time to sort this out. I'll make a new email address. So I did. People do it every day and don't think twice about it. Updated the website to let people know. And then shortly thereafter, I got an email from Russell Tharp with an E saying, quote, I am the one that pressured Hotmail to delete your account. I will continue to pressure Hotmail to delete your accounts until you stop. Also, I am in the process of pressuring GeoCities into deleting your site. Delete your lies now. That's like ominous as fuck. It really is. It's scary to get that all of a sudden. That you know, you you have just not only the whole wrestling world against you, but even random wrestling fans who are just unwilling or unable to see the world as it really is. They're taking up arms against you. That is some next level. Like imagine. You, everyone has an email address and don't even think about it. It's just there. It's some, and then to have that disappear one day would be pretty alarming. Mm. It's kind of an invasion of privacy. And then I try. So sorry, go ahead. Yeah, th- what what's the timeline on this? The, the email goes down, and then you you're you're on your heels. Mm-hmm. So I what what could a person do in this situation? Not register a second free email address. I absolutely did register a second free email address. God bless you. At which point Russell Tharp tried to shut that one down too. That was it was kind of him to CC me on the email that he sent <laughs> to abuse at hotmail dot com so that I knew what was going on. It's professional, but it's also kind of a bully move Mm -hmm. he informed hotmail that i would eventually be sued for copyright violations and slander and he avowed that he would continue to monitor the website and inform hotmail of any new accounts that i make to slander so that they could also be deleted heavy it is at that point oh he also sent me uh cc'd me on the email that he sent to geocities and just for the record, I do love that this was all on GeoCities. He sent me the email that he sent to GeoCities, which says that my website slanders Dean Malenko and violates the copyrights of the World Wrestling Federation Entertainment Group. So I knew at that point that this was going to keep going on, and there was a website at the time called EvilEmail.com, which I am certain no longer exists. It was run by the same people who had such notable early 2000s comedy websites like seanbaby.com, if Mm. that's a thing anyone remembers. I think that actually might still be a thing. I'm not sure. What's that? Like fat chicks in party hats? Yes, that was was part of their, their little collective as well. So I thought, I'll sign up for an email address there. And, of course, within a day, Russell Tharp with an E was letting them know that I violated their terms of service by slandering Dean Malenko. He also posted on his website that the reason he was defending Dean Malenko with such vigor was because he met Dean Malenko at an autograph signing. And Dean was very nice to him, unlike the two other wrestlers who were there, who were a tall guy from Michigan and an Italian with a bald spot and a bad voice. He's talking about Big Vito, right? <laughs> I think that's the only person it could be. But I, I, 
is it considered a bald spot when your entire head has no hair? Or am I misremembering, Vito? Maybe Johnny the Bull. It was actually, I did later find out when when he got fed up with the internet and shut his website down, he revealed that the tall guy from Michigan was Kevin Nash. What? And, and the Italian with the bald spot and the bad voice was Randy Savage. Poffo. Which, I guess, Italian is not the first description that comes to mind of Randy Savage. <laughs> Unless you see ethnicity, <laughs> blindingly, like a person like Russell Tharp with an E. So, Russell Tharp, yes. The evil email... Russell Tharp, which is funny because every time you say it, I think it's Russell Tharp, <laughs> which sounds like one of those Chikara-esque silly time shows. <laughs> Russell Tharp 2014. Wrestling is Tharp. <laughs> hate to make light of a serious situation james please continue well the evil email people responded to were actually very helpful they responded publicly to russell tharp's shutdown request by taking pictures of mr tharp off his website and photoshopping zits onto them (laughs) and putting them on the main page of their their little collective so that that red concentric circle feature on (laughs) msp really came in handy photoshop was uh it was big back then you know and yeah, so it turned out that they were able to drive a lot of traffic to Dean Malenko Eats Dogs, and that's where a lot of the a lot of the tips came from. Thank goodness. Mm. Well, I'm I you tell this anecdote, and if I'm I don't think the evil adjective applies to the people. It's uh, no, I I, I think it was what they call irony or something, or mm. you know, when Michael Jackson infused the word bad with the meaning of a cruel <laughs> rebel. um well an evil email situation occurred Uh, i don't think it was uh the people who one of the characters in this story think it was um in the name of catharsis james Mm -hmm. we have a very special guest i'd like to welcome russell tharp with an e Within it, well, that would be amazing if I could get <laughs> you'd be stunned if he actually came. Um, but I, I was curious, and I googled Russell Tharp, and uh, here's the second thing that came up: Russell D. Tharp, seventy-eight, of Kirkland, passed away Sunday, oh. February second, twenty fourteen, at his home. That is tragic. Can you imagine seventy-eight-year-old Russell <laughs> Thorpe? Not four months. That's just spooky. And it really makes you think that somebody uh, somebody got involved. They figured that he knew too much. Tharp served a purpose, mm-hmm. and then maybe wasn't useful anymore. Well, that's got me a little apprehensive about what that means for you and me going forward. But I'm glad we got this story out there. Right, we'll probably probably be dead by seventy eight too. <laughs> um, by nineteen seventy eight, maybe. Do we go through time? Can we go through time and stop all of this? Uh, go through time and stop uh, Dean Malenko from being born to save hundreds or thousands of untold dog lives. Thousands? Mm. Yeah. The butter dog effect. I don't know the, <laughs> the ramifications of that going forward. Um, well, this 
could be the last edition of the Justin Shapiro show, but James, thank you so much for your bravery. Well, thank you for having me and letting me tell my story. Uh, like I've said, I have never really spoken about this publicly before. I've always tried to keep a low profile because whenever I do something sneaky, my fat jiggles. <laughs> <laughs> so I appreciate <laughs> I appreciate having the forum to get this story back out there and uh, see if we can get some justice here. I've tried, I've never had any luck reaching out to Dean Malenko or anyone in wrestling, but one thing we should touch on just before we wrap it up, that something that the Cubs fan pointed me towards, you're talking about, uh, he was on a, a, there was, he wasn't on a podcast. Conan was on a podcast with a former WWE writer and the host of the podcast brought up DeanMalenkoEatsDogs.com to ask if uh, if Conan knew anything about this, which he completely and utterly denied ever having heard of it before, which I think is proof that he's in on the cover-up. It's an interesting assertion coming from a man nicknamed Kadog. <laughs> All kidding aside, James, let me mention that this episode of the Justin Shapiro Show is brought to you by ESPN.com the official website of the ESPN channel that brings the worldwide leader to the World Wide Web. ESPN.com is your go-to destination for all the NBA Finals coverage you'll ever need, loaded with features for true hoops nuts. It's LeBron versus Duncan in a real jump ball of the championship series, and ESPN.com will bring you all the news from the Finals, including scores and recaps of every game in the series, complete stats and team rosters of both the Miami Heat and San Antonio Spurs, as well as player weights. Use the offer code SHAPS to get a comprehensive preview of the entire finals, providing you exclusive expert analysis and predictions all before tip-off. How do the teams match up? Who's got the edge? What are the keys to victory? With our detailed breakdown, the NBA finals will be a slam dunk. Promo expires June 16th. Do not read copy after this date. www.espn.com It's da-da-da-da-da-da.com Hey, you know what else, James? I forgot. I, I kind of had a backdoor pilot of this episode <laughs> bring up your uh, correspondence through me with Alan Cunahan on the Alan Cunahan program VAV porn tag team names. <laughs> People recognize the name James Kalen burning their brain. It's definitely from there. Mm-hmm. And I believe you, you taught him how to say Regina as well. Mm-hmm. Those vowels. It is a long A in Kalen, right? It is, yes. A very uh, assonance-friendly name. Poetic. Hate to see you murdered by some Dean Malenko <laughs> friendly conspiracists. It would be a pretty good way to go, though. It'd be interesting. A martyr, you would be. Mm, I assume he just like puts me in the Texas Cloverleaf forever. Yeah, well, that's one of a thousand holes. I tap out, and he just doesn't let go, and even after the count of five. <laughs> oh no. Um, do you want to plug your compilation of battle royals <laughs> on a VHS? <laughs> Uh, I would rather plug my VHS collection of funny moments in the history of That's pro wrestling. Not what, called. what are they called? I can't even remember. Pre Malenko uh, contribution to society. I know. I don't know when the cutoff date is, but you had a compilation of battle royals, yes. and not just good battle royals like Royals Rumble or the ones they started doing. 
with more work rate intensive finishes where the two guys at the end have a proper match and fight on the apron real intensely, but just battle royals. Well, it, it comes back. We were talking about when I was a kid and thinking wrestling was real. And I, that Saturday night's main event battle Royal with Hogan and Andre and all those guys in the lead to WrestleMania three and thinking that was just so fascinating because a normal wrestling match is a guy against a guy. Mm. And if they really want to turn it That's up, it's okay, but two guys against two guys listening but then this one they took 20 guys and didn't even make them teams just everybody punched everybody and so that was fantastic that That made me the man i am today i'd learn things like tatanka won a 40 man battle royal Mm -hmm. and that's 10 more than every royal rumble in history save one and that was the greatest royal rumble in history or the biggest (laughs) so Amazing. So and so, just any bet was it all WWF battle royals, or did it, you branch? It, it was whatever I could find in the pre-YouTube days, where you had to trade videotapes with strangers over the internet to get matches, mm. or rent them from video stores and then hook a VCR to another VCR and copy them to keep them for yourself. A dub. Mm-hmm. How about like late 1991 Clash of Champions battle royal won by El Gigante? That on there? I don't. That's a personal favorite. <laughs> No, but I have the one where Eligante as Giant Gonzalez came out and threw everybody else out. And Razor Ramon won because he snuck away under the bottom ropes when this giant Argentinian <laughs> in a furry bodysuit was coming to the ring. Clutch. Mm-hmm. What about the um, 1995 Battle Royal where Jerry Lawler tried to redo the Shawn Michaels one foot thing by hopping around? And then Bret Hart came out of the back and stepped on the other foot. <laughs> yes. Is that one on there? That one is on there. I'm just testing you. <laughs> What about the Raw I was at in 2004, and I'm guessing no, because that's about when VHS technology was left behind, when shortly before the future Diva Maria asked Kamala earnestly what it means to verbally seduce someone, uh, Randy Orton earned a WWE title shot at SummerSlam by eliminating Chris Jericho from Battle Royal. Was that on there? That probably probably the last one it, it is on the as yet unfinished battle royal comp volume two Ooh, beginning with that and ending with um roman reigns <laughs> career making victory just a few scant days ago. it has been so hard to keep these vcrs in service ever since but you are a uh, uh, what's the word for a good person who does good things um oh that's right hero (laughs) uh but yes uh then as you alluded to a minute ago you sent me a treasured uh effort which was i think a about 2000 2001 compilation of choice prime unironically hilarious wwf comedy titled Offbeat Shenanigans. I forgot what that was called, but yeah, so that tape was... I think the best part of that tape was the Sean Stasia supercut <laughs> of him just running into things and dinging his head. That Wasn't it like... Yeah. Was it like a suit of armor or something that he ran into? Some He kept uh, trying to get the best of, I think, The Rock. And The Rock kept throwing him out. <laughs> yes. It was literally a running joke. Uh, that was great. Edge and Christian, their collaborations with Kurt Angle, with Commissioner McFoley, mm-hmm. um, they coined the term offbeat shenanigans. 
I think against noted wrestling podcaster Lance Storm, perhaps. <laughs> and to this day, seems like a man with no patience for offbeat shenanigans. It's true. All right. Well, I thank you again for your time and your bravery. The site is deanmalenko8dogs.tumblr.com. The original site, of course, was deanmalenkoeatsdogs.com, which you can view on archive.org. Educate yourselves. Make up your own minds. I may be back with Joe Gagne filing a report for Money in the Bank, the Money in the Bank pay-per-view, as they're forced to say in WWE branding brainwashing. Uh, The Money in the Bank pay-per-view featuring the Money in the Bank ladder match for the Money in the Bank briefcase. I'll have the results of all those matches. So if you need to know, Sunday night, can't see the show, just download that six to ten days later. I'll have it all there for you with a first-person account, unless James and I are murdered. What do you think? We got about a 25 35% chance of surviving the next week? They're going to tharp us, man. <laughs> We're going to go the way of the tharp and all those... What if we... Wouldn't I expect to wake up from a nightmare where I end up in one of uh, Malenko's uh, dog souffles, <laughs> and then... My pillow will just be covered in dog hairs when I wake up. <laughs> and then I'll look at the camera and go, Wah! And then you'll wake up again and your pillow is missing.
I have one cat, James. How about you? Uh, one cat as well. 